Okay, I'm pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, today is the fifth in a series of five podcasts about unhinged. And so what I've done for this podcast is I've chosen to talk about every single card of the set. Uh, so instead of doing an overview like I often do, I just am walking through all the cards and kind of telling all the stories I want to tell through the lens of the cards. Um, and the reason I'm able to do this on this set and not every set is um, this is just a set that I was intimately involved with. I, I did a lot of the design work for. Um, there was no development team for this set, so the design team kind of did some development duty. So I was there from beginning to end of this set. So I just know it really well. Um, a, a lot of sets, well, I know plenty of cards. I don't necessarily know all the cards. A lot of times development adds cards. that I'm, It's not even there when I'm working on the set. But this is a set where I'm familiar with every single card. Okay, so let's pick up where we left off. So we were in the middle of S's. So stop that. Okay, so stop that is a card for 1B. It's an instant. It says target player discards a card. Um, and then it has gotcha... And uh, if they, so the gotcha is if they flick cards, uh, there's this thing players do where they hold the cards and they flick them. Uh, if they flick the cards, then you get them back. You, you say gotcha and get it back. So I've talked about how I regret gotcha, but I will say if, if uh, Laughing at Union was the gotcha card I most regretted, uh, Stop That is the gotcha card I least regretted because I find it so annoying people flick the cards. Uh, in fact, I've, I've had people joke that we should put this in black border just to stop card flicking. Um, there's just people that enjoy doing it. It's a, it's a little annoying. Uh, interesting question with this card is why it's an instant. That's a fine question. Normally, our discard is done at sorcery speed. Um, I was trying to think why this is an instant. Has something to do with a gotcha, maybe? I'm not sure. I, my uh, designer eyes look at this like, hmm, why is that an instant? That probably should be a sorcery. Uh, but anyway, um, anyway, it's a gotcha card. And uh, the, the, the art, by, by the way, is kind of fun is you see a, a guy being um, uh, shooting out cards, and the card looks all mocked up. This one's a hard one to explain without seeing it. Um, but uh, anyway, so let's move on. So I, I, I've explained that there are 140 cards in the set, um, but that's actually not technically true. Um, that's what we said. We said there's 140 cards in the set, but the next card was called Super Secret Tech. And that card was not listed. In fact, if you look at its collector number, it's 141 out of 140. So one of the things we decided to do, uh, is something we don't normally do in normal blackboard and magic sets, is to make a card that we just didn't tell anybody about. That's why it was super secret tech. So what the card is, it's an artifact that costs three. Um, it only exists in premium because it was, it, was um, it was on the premium sheet. So the card only exists in premium. And it said, all premium spells cost one less to play. All premium creatures get plus one, plus one. Um, and so the idea of this card was, it was a card where premium matters. But to make it sort of fun, it itself only existed in premium. And since it only existed in premium, um, we decided not to talk about it. That, that The joke of the card was, it was a secret card. And for a while, by the way, it wasn't even Gatherer for a while. I mean, eventually we finally admitted that we did it. But... Um, the idea was we wanted to have a card when people saw that they'd, like, debate about, is, is this real? Is that, you know? Um, so what happened was, by the way, it was on the sheet multiple times. So although it only existed in premium, it actually is the most common premium of the rares. Um, I, I guess you can get common and uncommon premiums more often. But for rare premiums, it was on the rare premium sheet. 
um, the, you know, rare mythic cheat. Uh, so it is the most common rare mythic to get. So if you got a pre- so if you got a uh, super secret attack, um, that was more common to get than most other rare premium, rare mythic rare premiums. Um, anyway, it's it is definitely meant to be a really good card in an all premium deck. So like I talked about how I want you to have an all artist deck or all this card says okay, you want to have some fun? Let's get an all premium deck. And this card's not easy to get because it only exists in premium. Next, super size. So super size is one in a green for an instant. Target creature gets plus three and a half, plus three and a half till end of turn. Um, so, uh, in the flavor text is you want mice with that. So here's the funny thing about this is, we don't do tons of references. I mean, there's a few, like, you know, meddling kids and stuff. But most of the references in the set, most of the jokes are about existing magic things or past magic things. That most are jokes are about magic. Every once in a while, we'll do a joke about something that's outside of magic. Um, and usually we tend to get burned by that. The famous example in Unglued was uh, there's a card called Gesture Sombrero, and on it is a little chihuahua, and he says, Yo quiero Cormus Bell, which is a playoff of a famous Taco Bell commercial where the little chihuahua goes, Yo quiero Taco Bell. Except that commercial has long since gone away, so when you see the card, it just seems like, Yo quiero Cormus Bell, what? So this is a similar thing. So this card is called Supersize. Um, McDonald's used to have this thing where you, when you'd order your food, you could supersize it, which meant you would upgrade it and get, you would get a larger fries and drink, I believe is what it was. Um, and so you want mice with that is joking about like McDonald's, you want fries with that. The problem was we printed this card, got the name, we're all done, off to printer, and before the set even came out, McDonald's discontinued the supersize program because they were trying to appear a little more healthy. You know, they were trying to... So anyway, so we named this after this thing. They were like, okay, well, this is, you know, we're not going to have the Yo Quiero Cormor spell problem because this had been something McDonald's had done forever. And then all of a sudden we do it and then McDonald's stops doing it. So that is uh, the joy of the printed medium. Uh, but anyway, if, if you've never understood super... I mean, I guess super size in a vacuum, whatever, you're making it big. But for those that didn't realize it was a reference, it actually was a reference that just went away. Um, probably when it came out... Enough people, because McDonald's had been doing it forever, uh, it, the joke probably worked. But I, I feel now, now that it's gone on for a lot of time, people might not even know it's supersized. Um, it's one of those jokes that uh, probably has not lasted the test of time. Next, we have Swamp, another ja- uh, John Avon lovely uh, full art land. Um, so the thing about these, by the way, if I didn't explain before, is there was a slot for them. So they were on their own sheet. So one of the things is, because the set is silver-bordered and the... the um, the uh, lands were black-bordered, and the reason the lands are black-bordered is they are playable in any deck. Uh, Silver-bordered means you can't play it uh, unless it's a specially specified tournament where you play silver-bordered, where we wanted these lands to be playable. And so what we did was we put one in every pack. It had to be on its own sheet because you can't intermix silver-bordered and black-bordered. It's very complicated. It has to do with printing. It has to do with um, uh, how you cut the cards and stuff. But basically the idea is when you cut the cards... Um, you're, you're sitting right next to the next card, and so um, you need to have you share the same border with the card next to you. Um, it's also, if you'll notice, by the way, uh, did we unglued this? Did unhinge do this? Um, uh, we, we, I know for sure in unglued we played around with this, where if you put cards next to each other on a sheet, you cut them, then you can have art flush all the way up to, to the end. Um, anyway, uh, the way it worked is because there was a land sheet, 
the, the, we dropped one per uh, booster pack. So every booster pack had uh, one land. So if you buy an unhinged booster pack, um, barring some irregularity, you should be getting a full art side land. I mean, which one you get, we'll mix it up. But uh, um, and anyway, that was. Um, so I think I told the booster tutor. Uh, anyway, okay. So let's move on to the next card. Uh, symbol status. So it's two GG for sorcery. And you put a 1-1 one, one colorless expansion symbol um, creature token into play for each different expansion symbol you have on permanence you control. So this is another card where we wanted you to build around. So what this card says is we want your deck wants to have as many different permanents as possible that have um, different expansion symbols. And I don't think I don't think this said non-land. Um, no, it does not say non-land. So um, what that meant is you wanted all your lands to be from different things. So basically what you wanted to do was you wanted to try to make your deck have as many different expansion symbols as possible. Um, and, and by the way, one of the things Super Border does that I, I really, really enjoy is I love giving people just different kind of challenges. Something we do in Blackboard. It's, it's not unique to Silver Border. Silver Border just allows you to care about things you would never care about. Um, but one of the things we and this is general design, is that we want every set to just make you care about some stuff that maybe previously you haven't cared about. So all of a sudden, you can look back at your old cards and go, oh, well, for this deck, I care about this quality. Like, one thing that I liked a lot about Devotion uh, in Theros block was uh, Devotion says, and same with Chroma, which is the precursor to the Devotion, um, you need to care about how many mana symbols are in your card. Normally, having something with a lot of mana symbols in it is a, it's considered a downside. But all of a sudden, this mechanic says, no, 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 this is an upside. So, you know, let's say you're playing a monocolor deck, which is where Devotion shines. Uh, it doesn't, there's really no, if you're playing all forest, for example, it doesn't matter whether your creature costs, you know, colorless or green mana. And so all of a sudden, it makes you start hunting down cards with lots of green mana in them. And that those cards become valuable all of a sudden. And that, that's cool that, like, this mechanic makes this subset of cards have value. And that's something we're constantly trying to do, is we want to make subsets of cards have value. The unsets are allowed to do that to the nth degree. Like, the challenge here is um, not just what the cards do, but kind of in, in a broad sense. Like, there have been this many magic sets. You know, in fact, at the time this came out, I assume it was close to the... I mean, I, we're in the 70s now, but there might not have been 60 when the set came out, but there were probably 50 or so. But the idea was you could pretty much have one of every expansion symbol on a permanent in your, in your deck. I mean, let's assume you have a few spells and so those aren't permanents. Um... So, like, I mean, it was, it was a challenge, finding a card from every single set and then getting, you know, it, that, so anyway. Uh, symbol status, uh, the other thing that, to notice, by the way, if you look at it, it's, it's their expansion symbols dancing around a fire, and all the little tokens are different expansion symbols from different sets. Um, and so that's kind of cute. You're just going to see, you know, uh, the, the Visions one is dancing, and I see uh, the one from um, Onslaught. And anyway, there's just all these different expansion symbols. Next, Tainted Monkey. So Tainted Monkey costs 1B for a 1-1 creature. It's, it's an ape. Uh, and then you tap and choose a word, and target player puts the top card of their library into the graveyard, and if the, cho- if the chosen word is in the text box, that player loses three life. So the idea essentially is you have a chance, you're milling them one card, and then you have a chance to also make them lose three life. So this card can go in a milling deck. It can go in a deck where, I mean, there's also fun decks where you do stuff like boomerang things to top a library or peek at top a library, and then you can use this to kill them. Um, so this card, by the way, um, I'm trying to think where the... I think we liked the name... I, oh, that's right. So this card originally um, 
was called Monkey Seer, I think. Um, uh, 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 so, um, S-E-E-R, like someone who sees the future. Um, and I think originally th- this card was like Monkey Seer, and so it's supposed to be a monkey fortune teller. Um, uh, I'm not sure why. I, I think we decided the name Tainted Monkey was funnier. I'm not sure why we went off Monkey Fortune Teller. But anyway, the, this was, we were in a concept. It was concept as a Monkey Fortune Teller. Um, and uh, so another little trivia here is if you look near the foot of the, um, of the Tainted Monkey, you'll notice a whole bunch of smoke. And, like, and maybe it plays off like, oh, it's smoky because she's a fortune teller or he or she's a fortune teller. Um, but the reality is, originally the Tainted Monkey had a cigar in its foot and was smoking it. Um, and it was ruled that we didn't want, like, I, I think that uh, we, we don't like to show um, um, different, you know, uh, tobacco use, and different drug use in cars, so we don't show it. And so we photoshopped out the cigar. Uh, and so the smoke, we, we, we couldn't get rid of the smoke, so the smoke's still there. So uh, if you ever wonder why it's kind of smoky near, near his feet, a secret, that is why. Okay, next, the Fallen Apart. 2BB for a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, it comes into play with two arm tokens and two leg tokens, or two counters for arms and legs. Whenever it's dealt damage, you have to lose one of either an arm or a leg. And then if it has no legs, um, it can't attack. and it has no arms, it can't block. Um, this is one of my favorite names, by the way. Uh, so, the Fallen Apart. So, this is another card, by the way, that's referencing something... Um, that probably people might not know. There was a commercial for a long time for, what was it called? It was a device that you would wear that you could call for help for, for older people. Uh, and, and it's about I've fallen and I can't get up. Um, anyway, this card is, is subtly making reference to that. It's also making reference to, there's a card in um, The Dark called The Fallen. It's probably the, that's the magic reference. Um, but, uh, so anyway... Uh, so there's, there's a zombie in the dark called the Fallen. So the Fallen Apart is, is I guess that's. The, I like making both references, but I guess more clearly it's referencing the Fallen, which is from, uh, which is a magic reference. Um, and so the thing that's fun about the card is the idea that we got them. One of the things that I love doing with unsets is trying to mess with cards in different ways. And so what I, I did a lot with is experimenting with how I can mess with the art. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, there's another one coming here. Uh, so the the idea here is that this card has things that represent stuff. So it represents arms and legs. And then on the card, if you look, there's little um, dotted lines to show you kind of where to put your counter to represent. Um. Now, funny thing is some people um, don't put anything on it until they fall off because they represent the counters, meaning it's fallen off. I'm blocking. It's gone. Some people put it on when the card gets played and take them off. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Um, but the card art is definitely helping you convey this thing that's a little more complex. So the idea is this card has two things representing arms. This card has two things representing legs. Those are two different things. Um, but the reason it's not too complicated is the art of the card helps you. The art is an aiding. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll get to Watergun Blue Game in a second. It's another card where... Uh, and, and Bingo is a card I already talked about where the, the art is a, a gameplay resource. Um, and it's something I've tried to do in Blackboard. We've talked about it. Every time I've attempted it, it's kind of gotten shot down. Um, but I like to feel that the, the unsets are kind of, uh, you know, beta testing, if you will, for weird things. And that if you look, there's things we did in Unglued and things we did in Unglued 2 that made their way, uh, Unglued 2, not uh, Unhinged, Unglued 2, that made their way into Black Border. In fact, there's a few things in Unhinged, uh, like uh, uh, rocket-powered, rocket, turbo, turbo-powered rocket slug um, that got into the packs, for example. So 
things that, are, that start in silver border can end up in black border. Um, and so I think art is a resource is something I've messed around with that I like to think one day we'll make use of in black border. Um, it allows you to do things that are more complicated. Like, the falling apart is a more complicated card if I had to do it completely in text. In fact, if I had to write it out completely in text and didn't have any uh, art help, I don't know if I could fit it in the text box. Um, the other big question about this card was, okay, if you lose two arms, two legs, I knew one of them should prevent attacking and one prevent blocking. And so I went back for it. So I finally decided that the reason attacking needed legs is, well, I gotta run, I gotta go to you to attack. So if I lose my legs, I can't do that. And then the arms are like, okay, well, if I lost my legs, I could stand here and try to block you. But if I lost my arms, then I couldn't block you. So, um, on some level, legs seem, like, once I lose the legs, I don't have the mobility and it felt like it could apply to attacking or blocking. But it felt more like legs were attacking. So that's why legs were attacking and, and, and uh, feet were blocking. Uh, legs were blocking. Sorry, arms were blocking, feet were attacking. Next, Time Machine. So a Time Machine costs five mana for an artifact. Uh, you tap, you remove Time Machine and target a non-token creature from the game. Uh, now we would say Exile, we Oracle apply to these things. Um, and then we return both cards um, on the X turn, where X is the current mana cost of the creature you take away. So if you take away a one-drop creature, you get it on turn one. Uh, of the next game, by the way, it's the important part. Um, so the idea is the thing goes away and next game. So one of the things that we do in unsets, we had a cycle of cards in Unglued called the double cards, where it didn't affect now and the getting in the next game with the same opponent. Um, uh, Time Machine did the same thing, where we, you can care, you can affect not just your game, but the game with the next opponent. Um, I try to actually do that in, I try to do some double cards in um, Fifth Dawn. It's the first time I ever had to not do something because it just was completely unprogrammable in Magic Online. Um, there, there are other people that didn't even want to do them in the set, so it wasn't like everyone was gung-ho and then it got taken out. It's something I wanted to do, I thought was cool. Um, the problem was on Magic Online, the games have no connection to other games mechanically. There's no way to say, oh, well, this happened, and then some other, they're disconnected from each other. So it literally just, without major, major, major work, it wasn't something we could do. Um, I like Time Machine a lot. If I could bring Time Machine to Black Border, which I, I and the reason I can't bring the Black Border is, um, in Silver Border, I can say things like, next time you play them, and, you know, I mean, implied in that, next time you play them in a Silver Border game. Silver Border, one of the meta rules is Silver Border games can affect Black Border games. Um, and usually, like in a tournament where you're playing the same person, like in one of the fun things in a, in a you know, an untournament, that if I play you game one and I play Time Machine, well then in game two, I get this to happen. Um, and same with the Dublin cards. Anyway, there, so Time Machine was fun because that there is, um, it just, it does something that Magic doesn't normally do that we only get to do in Uncess, which is affect other, other games. Um, so the time machine, by the way, um, you'll notice that there's this goblin riding the time machine that shows up in both Old Fogey and um, Blast from the Past. Those are the two cards that are back-referencing cards that are in the old frame. So the joke is the goblin has gone back in time. He actually crashes in Old Fogey. You notice the thing is crashed. He's flying in the air in Blast from the Past. Um, in the bottom right corner of time machine, you'll notice a little illustration. Uh, that is a flux capacitor. For those, uh, I love Back to the Future, and so we, we decided we'd stick a little uh, flux capacitor on the card. A little, a little, uh, a nod to Back to the Future for those that uh, might not have caught that. Um, uh, time Machine is another one of those names that we went back and forth. Should we call it Time Machine? Um, it's possible we could do a card in um, real Blackboard Magic with a name, I and mean, we couldn't do this mechanic, but anyway, we did go back and forth on that. Next, I so was speaking of cards with 
uh, aren't helping you. Uh, Toglodite. So Toglodite is a 3-mana 4-4. It's an artifact creature golem. When it comes into play, it's turned off. Uh, whenever you play a spell, you toggle it to on. Um, and um, I think uh, whenever... Let me see what this card is. I, I remember what happens is, in order to... Uh, it, it's off. In order to turn it on... Oh, I see. Whenever anybody plays a spell, it toggles on and off. So it starts off. Whenever anybody plays a spell, it toggles on and off. And as long as it's off, it can't attack or block. Um, and all damage it would do is prevent it. So the idea is if you could... So, for example, if I block this creature, you could toggle it, you could play it instant and toggle it off and not take any damage from it. Um, so the idea of this card is there's this back-and-forth game of you guys playing spells. And because instants exist, it could happen at any time. Um, but a three-mana 4-4 four, four is pretty powerful. Um, so what happens is this card has an on and off switch so that you literally could take a counter or a penny or whatever and mark the on, whether it's on or off. And this is another card that without a visual guide to help you would be a little harder to reference what's going on. Um, uh, it also, in the art, literally, the, the creature in the art literally has an on-off switch, which is kind of cute. Um, and Toggleite references the fact that it's toggled on and off. Next, Topsy-Turvy. So Topsy-Turvy is a... Um, uh, enchantment that costs two and a blue, and it says the phases of the turn are reversed, and then it lists the phases. Um, and then it says that there's more than two players, the, or, the, turn, the turn order is reversed. So the first fun thing about this card, I, I mistakenly thought this was a different card earlier in the, my podcast, or, or in a previous podcast. So if you take this card and turn it, upside, turn it to the back, you'll notice that the back is upside down. I mean, if you take the card uh, with, the, with the title bar at top and turn it over, the back of the card is upside down. And the reason is the whole card is actually upside down. And if you, if you turn the card upside down and look at the art, you'll realize that if the card is oriented normal with the, with the title bar at top, every, the gravity is wrong and everything's falling. But we turn it around, you'll notice that the card actually, the art is meant to be upside down. Um, and, that, and then the back of the card is represented that, meaning that the back of the card is upside down in relation to its normal orientation. Um, uh, and, and then there's things like falling, you know. So if you, if you hold the card upright, a normal, like, with the t- title bar top, things are falling because gravity's upside down. Um, anyway, uh, Topsy Turvy is definitely one of the fun cards uh, that just does wacky things. It, it's another one of those cards that we talked about doing in Black Border, and it got so weird that I, I was told, yeah, just do this in Silver Border. Um, but I did try I did try in Black Border. Most of the cards that seemed like maybe we could do Black Border, I did try in Black Border. I was told we couldn't do it. Okay, next, Touch and Go. Um, 3R, Sorcery, Destroy Target Land, so it's a Stone Rain for one more mana. Um, and the gotcha is Touching Your Face. So this was another one. This one was another one that's a little better. Um, that, like, some of the other ones, like, I'm not going to do it. So, like, if, if, like, if I say these things, I'm just going to not talk. This one's a little harder. The, not Touching Your Face is not something you, just, you can just say you're not going to do. Uh, and so this was a gotcha that is a little more subtle, and... and so, I'll teach you a great trick. Okay, you want to do... Here's your trick on this card. Um, when you use this card, um, put it in your graveyard, wait a, wait a minute or two, but then touch your face. Don't say anything. Just scratch your face or touch your face. What you'll notice is your opponent tends to mirror you, and if you touch your face, they unconsciously will touch their face. So, anyway. Uh, next, Toy Boat. Toy Boat costs three. It's an artifact creature ship. That's a 3-3. Cumulus upkeep, say Toy Boat quickly. And so the fun thing about this is cumulative upkeep. Um, so you, what it means is you have to say Toy Boat once uh, on the first time, second, and third. And so this is just a tongue twister. The word Toy Boat is hard to say fast. 
especially if you're saying it multiple times. And so what happens is this card can only last so many... You eventually can't say it. You'll mess up and it goes away. Um, so this is like the Frexian Librarian. Just kind of, here's a fun card that... Um, let's see how long you can keep it in play. Um, it also makes fun of having a little ship. Uh, I, I, uh, I always think it's funny. This is literally an animated ship. It's a ship with a face. So uh, I thought it was funny making fun of the ship being a creature. Next, Uktabi Kong. Uh, five green, green, green for an 8-8 trample. When Uktabi Kong comes into play, destroy all artifacts. Uh, and you tap two untapped apes to put a 1-1 green ape into play. So this card, if you ask me what card, what joke did you do that actually ended up in print? Um, so here's what I'll say. This is, this is, uh, it's, it's, it's a family-friendly podcast. Um, what I will say is this card is making fun of a card Utabi Orangutan from Visions. Um, all I will say is go look at Utabi Orangutan and look at this card. Um, uh, the joke is yours to, to pick up on your own. Um, I, uh, the, thing, uh, the other thing I, I do love is the uh, flavor text uh, is... Well, I'm, 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 almost, I'm almost to a stop and I will read when I'm coming to a stop. Um, by the way, one of the things when I, I, I occasionally read during, during this series of podcasts, you might notice from time to time I'm reading something. Uh, I have some stopping starting in my, in my drive, so when I'm reading something, it's because I'm stopping. So, uh, but the one thing I will want to say about Utabi Kong is um, this is definitely a card that um, op- could be done in Black Border. Um, uh, I, I, the joke really has to do with with the larger art and stuff, and, and but but mechanically, this is a card. I was trying to play up Utabi Kong. Okay, I've not stopped. Um, I desire the acquisition of potassium-rich fruit comestible substantial magnitude. So one of the pieces of flavor text we did that's a very famous piece of flavor text is a, 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 a gorilla goes, I want a banana this big. And that is just saying, I want a banana this big in fancy, fancy words. Next, Urza's Hot Tub. Urza's Hot Tub costs two. It's an artifact. Uh, for two, uh, discard a card and search your library for any card that shares a name in its title with the card you've discarded. Um, and at the bottom there is a uh, website. And the website helps you figure out what cards share the same name. So if you put in the word, it'll list every card that has that word. Now, I'm not sure if this website's been updated, meaning it might... It, it, uh, I think it was tied off Gather. Hopefully it still works. I'm not, I'm not 100%. I haven't looked at it in years. Um, so a couple fun things about this card. One is, uh, you'll see in the hot tub is Urza's disembodied head floating in a little inner tube. So in Blackboard World... Urza had his, had his head knocked off and he died. But in Silver Border world, he lives on as a disembodied head. So one of the differences between black and silver border. Uh, number two, you'll notice in the hot tub is the creature from AWOL. The creature that went AWOL in the AWOL that's cut out of, of, of the thing. You can see him. In fact, you can see the edges that he was ripped out. The AWOL guy is here enjoying the hot tub. Next, Vile Bile. Vile Bile costs one B for a creature. It's an ooze. For a two and a half, two and a half. And whenever, whenever a player's skin, um, whenever, I think it's skin or fingernail, right? whenever a player's skin or fingernail touches Bile Bile, that player loses two life. So the act of touching it. Now, here's an important rule. You have to touch it. It doesn't touch you. You are, you are not allowed to run around and touch people with it and make them lose. I mean, you can have a house rule saying you can do it. But uh, the official rules is you have to touch it to lose life, not it touching you. So you can't take and put touch it to your opponent to make them lose life. They have to volunteer with their own free will touch it. Now, there's lots of fun things you can do with this card. Uh, here's another good tip is when someone says, what does that do? Um, what you might want to do is just say, oh, you can read it and, and sort of nod to it to let them pick it up. 
and they pick it up, they go, oh! That, that, that trick also works for um, Stone Cold Basilisk. Next, Water Blown Balloon Game. Costs two. Uh, and Water Blown Balloon Game is, has a little track on the side. Uh, and as it comes to play, each person puts it at zero. Whenever you play a spell, you, you put your pop counter to one. And then whoever gets all the way up to the top um, wins a 5-5 five, five giant pink teddy bear. So this is a little game you're playing. So when you play this, whoever casts the, mo- the most spells first, or uh, how many spells is it? I think it's four. It says on the thing. Um, oh, five. Whoever casts five spells first wins a 5-5 five, five giant teddy bear. Um, and it's pink, because pink's a color in, un- un- apparently. Um, so it's a giant pink teddy bear. We just chose to make it a different color. Um, and the reason you can track this is because there's things on the side that allow you to track it. So that's one of the important things, is that the art allows you to do that. Next, Wet Willy of the Damned, Sorcery. Uh, 2BB, Wet Willy of the Damned deals 2.5 damage to target creature player, and you gain 2.5 life. Uh, it's just a drain life. It's just fractions allow us to do some simple spells, but using fractions. When Fluffy Bunnies attack, 3B for an instant. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. Um, where X is the number of times the letter of your choice appears in that creature's name. So the idea is you look at the name, you pick a letter. So the interesting thing is this can't kill everything. Not every creature has enough names equal to its power toughness. So, uh, so one, that's, that's another kill spell that I like. Uh, we do a bunch of these in, in you know, on sets, which is that this kills things, and in magic sometimes this kills things, maybe things with three toughness or less. You know, in Unworld, this kills things that have... You know, a greater toughness than it has unique letter, you know, versions of, the, of a unique letter in its name, which is just something that's a little different. Um, also, uh, the funny thing about this card is, uh, this is one of those cards that um, we really didn't know how to concept. Like, how do you concept? You lose, you know, you, minus n, minus n from the number of uh, things. And so, um, the flavor text is Bucky Flavor Text Writer. Uh, I just parked why I'm reading again. Um... It says, uh, what does it say? I have to have read this. Uh, it says, get it? Bunnies, letters, minus X, minus X, me neither. So we gave it a silly name when Fluffy Bunnies attack. Um, it had a weird art with a dragon and bunny. Like, nothing about this card makes any sense. It's just kind of funny. And then we had the flavor text kind of make fun of the fact that nothing about it makes sense. Um, sometimes in the unsets, just you have that, where like, there's just no easy concept. And so we kind of make fun of how it's hard to concept cards sometimes. Okay, I, I'm not at work, but I'm, I'm almost done. How am I doing on time? Okay, so we're going to quickly finish this up. Uh, I had less cards to do today. I think I just talked more. Um, next is the split, split, split card called What, Who, When, How, and Where. Um, and the idea is... No, what, what, Who, When, Where, and Why. Sorry. And so what it is, it's a split card made up of split cards that one of the split cards is yet again another split card. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to... Um, have a split-split card, and then I decided to do it so every card, every color would appear. And so this card, yeah, it's super small, it's hard for me to read. Uh, basically, each color destroys something, blues a counterspell. And so that, the idea is it, it deals with all the different types you would need to deal with. So uh, what is a black card that destroys land? Red is a, I mean, uh, white is a card that destroys enchantments. Win is a blue card that counters spells, uh, instant sorcery spells. Um, green must destroy artifacts, and red destroys... Oh, no. Oh, what? what that's hard to read. Uh, I guess black must destroy creatures. It's hard to read. Anyway, there's one of each color. It's hard for me to read. These are so small. Uh, basically, it destroys one of each basic land type, one of each basic card type, and then blue counters instant sorcerers, I believe. Um, 
So it must be... Okay, uh, green must destroy land. No, green destroy artifacts. Red can destroy land. Well, there's a bunch of choices. Red or green or white can destroy land. White or green can destroy enchantments. Black, white, and red all the ability to destroy creatures. So the black's the only one that just upright destroys a creature. Uh, and then... Um, black, red, and green destroy land. I'm not sure the mix here. My printout's a little too tiny, so... Um, anyway, this card is probably the most popular uncard to stick into cubes. There is nothing functional. I mean, it's just, it's just a card that has five different functions, one in each color. It's laid out weird, and it looks funny, but, it, you know, um, and that's why it's clearly silver-bordered. But, um, and at the time... Well, at the time we did the split cards, obviously, had been done in black border, but split-split cards had not, so um, that is why it's there. Next, word mail. It's an enchant creature for W. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one for each word in its name. Um, so the idea is the more words you have, the better. Obviously, um, the combo with this card is to put it on. Our market research shows that players like really long card names, so we made this card have the longest card name ever, Elemental. So let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. So if you put word mail on that card, it's a 27-27 with Art Rampage 2. That was the, the, the combo. And I think they're both... Um, word mail is uncommon, and... Yeah, they're both uncommon. So it, that would happen from time to time in Limited. Um, there also are other wordy cards in the unsets. I mean, word mail is taking advantage of unsets are allowed to have sets with longer names. Like Infernal Spawn of Infernal Spawn of Evil, for example, has seven. You know, that you can turn that into an... Uh, what's Infernal Spawn Infernal Spawn of Evil? That's an 8-8. Eight, eight. So you put word mail on an 8-8, eight, eight, um, and it has seven letters. Seven words in its name comes to 15-15. Um, so in it, there is... Oh, in fact, in it is the Infernal Spawn of Evil holding a sword and shield, because it has a long name. Um... And then it says, suck on it, Sting, Sulkanar the Swamp King. Joking that Sulkanar has a long name and Sting has a short name. Working Stiff, 1B, Creature Mummy. As Working Stiff comes in play, straighten your arms. When you bend an elbow, sacrifice Working Stiff. So it's a 1B, 2-2. Two, two. Uh, and the subtext is, oh, does your nose itch. So this is funny. At the time, to get a 2-2 two, two for 1B, you had to go through the rigmarole of keeping your arms straight. And now we just make 1B, 2-2s. Two, Zombie. Uh, I mean, uh, funny thing, this is a mummy. Uh, I guess mummies are mummies. We've been... I think we moved mummies. I think mummies are now zombies. I think in modern day, mummies are zombies. Anyway, that is like it. World Bottling Kit. Five mana for an artifact. Five sacrifice world bottling kit. Choose a magic set. Remove from the game or exile. All permanents with that set's expansion symbol, except for your basic lands. Um, and this card was actually, I tried to do in Blackboard. I tried to do in... in what set did I try to do? Maybe Mirrodin or Premier? I tried to do this in a real set. Uh, and then it turned out that we stopped making expansion things count. For a while, expansion symbols counted on cards, but then we realized we didn't want different versions of the same card to be affected, and so we changed it. And so this is really... World of Bottling Kit is just a make-your-own um, uh, city in a bottle, which is the card that destroyed all Arabian Nights cards. Um, and so eventually we changed city in the bottle to destroy all cards with the Arabian Night expansion symbols, but then that got taken out of Black Border. Um, or, or now, the way it works in Black Border is the card is lists... It lists every single card it destroys rather than caring about the, the expansion symbol. Um, so World of Bottling Kit was just that. I'm trying to think what world this is. There's, there's a bunch of creatures. Uh, I don't know what world World of Bottling Kit is destroying, but some, some wacky world. Next, I think my favorite card in the set is yet another Aether Vortex. 3RR for an enchantment. All creatures have haste. Players play with the top card their library is revealed. Non-instant, non-sorcerer cards on top of the library are in play under their owner's control in addition to being in the library. Uh, and the flavor text is that it puts the, the cortex in flavor text. Um, uh, sorry, it puts the vortex in flavor text. 
So the, the, this car does really, really weird things. I answer questions about it all the time. The answer, remember, is it's both on top of your library and in play, which means all sorts of wacky things can happen. Um, and anyway, it's a fun, fun card. I love this card. This card just does neat, neat things. Um, this is another card I, I experimented with in Black Border. It's really weird. This is the card with, like, I sheepishly went to talk to the rules manager and, like, get out of here. You know, this, um, Black Border cannot handle a card being in two zones at once. Silver Border, yeah, we can handle it. We're, we're, we're better at it. Um, the other funny thing about the card was it was playing into the fact that Magic loves to have these magic vortexes. When you're having magic effects, you don't know quite what they are. Um, and so, anyway, it was just yet another area of the vortex was playing into the fact of, like, yet again... And then I just had weird things coming out of it, like just like a giraffe and just weird things. Okay, two more cards. Zombie Fanboy, 2B. Uh, it's a 1-1 zombie gamer. As it comes into play, choose an artist. Whenever permanent by the chosen artist is put into a graveyard, put two plus counters on Zombie Fanboy. This is just a black ability uh, that we do. Um, in black, when things die, this is just an uh, artist matter card. Uh, you get two counters instead of one, since it's, it's a little more of a reward for you. So if you play an all-artist deck, this, this thing can get pretty big. Finally, Zax's Abyss. So Z-Z-Z-Y-X-A-S, apostrophe S, Abyss. 1BB, Enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, destroy all non-land permanents with the first name alphabetically among non-permanents in play. Um, and so what's going on here is, uh, it's a card that says, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Abyss variant, but it destroys things starting on their alphabet of their title. And then, the cute, cutie thing is this card is the last card alphabetically in all of Magic. Um, you could argue the no-name card is the first card alphabetically. This is the last name card. And we like went over like Z-Z-Z-Y-X. Um, in the art, by the way, Pete Venders did the art. Whenever Pete Venders did the art, he loved referencing old cards, which is awesome. And I believe all the dead things in there are things that start with the letter A. And then you'll notice uh, Pete, who did Baron Sanger, he drew the card Baron Sanger, has Baron Sanger waiting with a B in his hand, meaning, well, Bs are next. Um, so anyway, that, my friends. Let's see how we're doing on time. Okay, a little extra time so I can finish up today. Um, that, my friends, in five podcasts is everything you ever wanted to know about Unhinged. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was worth five podcasts of time. Um, hopefully, even if you never knew the set, because I went through it and talked about every card, you got a sense of what kind of things we can do. Um, and and I, I hope someday, I hope someday uh, to be doing a podcast. So I, uh, my, my little pledge in the end here is... Uh, people ask all the time about a third unset. I would love, love, love to do a third unset. What I need to say to you guys is if you want to see it happen, you need to communicate this to wizards. Not just to me, because I'm the person who most wants it to happen. So I love the people constantly tell me they want it, which is great. makes me feel good. But uh, you need to tell other people from wizards, just if, you, if it's something you want. And this is true of anything, not even of a third unset. But if you want something, if, you want, if we did something you love and you want us to do it again, please be vocal. Um, I mean, I'm one, I'm one outlet, but, but be loud in many places. Say, I love this thing. I would love to see this thing again. We listen to the public, and that if enough people make their voice heard, that increases the chance that we do something like that. So anyway, whew, thank you for being here for uh, the Unhinged podcast. But I'm now part, which means it's time for me to be making magic. Talk to you next time.